of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me on the Act of Worship podcast today. Uh, It's great to uh, be here as it is every week, discussing worship theology and culture. I'm Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and uh, today I'm going to be talking about a topic that is uh, not discussed perhaps as often as it should be, and probably for the reason that I am going to give in this podcast, what I'm going to be talking about is the forgotten God, the neglect of the Holy Spirit. Um, this will probably be a shorter podcast than usual, but it is something that I think needs to be addressed um, and carried out from here forward uh, in the local church. God exists as triune, three persons, yet one God. And for some that might be difficult to understand, but as you think about it more and more, it begins to make sense and becomes clearer. Uh, but we often speak of the Trinity in... In, in mere passing terms, uh, really without thinking about what we're saying, Father, Son, and Spirit. But God has revealed himself in Scripture and in his working through threefold persons, and that is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are not um, three separate gods, one God, but three persons and three distinct functions. Sadly, I think the most neglected and misunderstood person of the Godhead is the Holy Spirit. And, and this includes in, in charismatic contexts where uh, perhaps the Holy Spirit might seemingly be given an overemphasis. The neglect of the Holy Spirit, though, has caused, I think, false teaching and misunderstanding. Uh, and it's fostered improper thoughts of his work And his personhood. For example, the Holy Spirit is not an it or a force or a ghost. But the Holy Spirit is a he. He is a person who works and speaks uh, very personally among the people of God. And uh, so the Holy Spirit is effectively the forgotten God. I would dare to say that more emphasis is placed by far on the Father and the Son. And since worship is triune in nature, there needs to be an equal balance. Uh, And this is not to say that worship is not Christocentric. I have offered that suggestion before. And what I mean by that is that it is through the mediation of Jesus Christ that we are even able to worship. And so this does not mean that worship is um, overemphasizes Jesus Christ. Uh, but it is Christocentric in nature. And so there is a, a parallel there. It is both Christ, uh, Christocentric and triune. It is both. They are not contradictory. But even such a statement like the Holy Spirit is the forgotten God, even that type of statement might perplex some people. 
some believers might forget that he is God. The Holy Spirit is God, co-equal and co-eternal with both the Father and the Son. And so I want to discuss today both the, the neglect and the, worship, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit so that hopefully we can develop and, and have a correct understanding of the Holy Spirit and worship him rightly. So I have three thoughts uh, that I want to give and, and devote to this topic of the Holy Spirit. First, the Holy Spirit is not an it or a force. The Holy Spirit is a he. He is a person. And so Christians need to stop thinking of the Holy Spirit in, in terms of a force or a ghost. I have no problem with the term Holy Ghost. But when you start thinking of the Holy Spirit as this uh, ghost-type uh, being... That, that maybe to some people isn't even real, um, it causes problems. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a he, not an it. He is a singular person of the Godhead with a unique function, and that function is to call, convict, to encourage, and to help the people of God. When Jesus ascended 40 days after his uh, resurrection uh, from death, he said, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Um, the Holy Spirit certainly has been present from eternity past and will be present through eternity future. And so the Holy Spirit was not new. Sometimes we get the idea that the Holy Spirit didn't exist before Pentecost. The Holy Spirit absolutely existed and and worked in God's people throughout history. However, on the day of Pentecost, uh, which I often refer to as the birthday of the church, the Holy Spirit was poured out, poured out freely and given to the people of God, to all Christians. Um, and so we have the Holy Spirit's power in our lives now. The Greek word paraclete or parakletos uh, is the word that is used for the Holy Spirit often in Scripture, and it's usually used... Um, in ancient Greek, in the context of a legal advocate. Uh, essentially, the Holy Spirit is our advocate here on earth. He submits to both the, the Son and to the Father, as the Son submits to the Father. However, he is not less than the Son or the Father, but he submits to the Father, as does Jesus. And so rather than thinking of the Holy Spirit as a force, a wind, or a ghost, or anything like that, um, it's more appropriate to consider him as a personal advocate because that's what he is. He is a person. He speaks, he breathes, he moves uh, in the people of God. And if we were created in God's image, we were also created in the image of the Holy Spirit. So consider the advocation of an attorney. Think about it that way. Um, if you're, If you've ever used an attorney for any situation, whatever that may be, uh, that person provides counsel and help and guidance uh, in legal situations. The Holy Spirit does the same, but he does so in all areas of life and particularly in our sanctification. And so he's not just a force that we can feel and experience, but he is a personal God with whom we may have a relationship so that's the first thought. The second thought is that the Holy Spirit is co-equal and co-eternal with the Father and Son, not less than. Uh, recent studies on the, the state of theology among current evangelicals uh, shows us a startling statistic. I was looking at something online the other day, 
Um, and, and you can go online and, and see this. It's at uh, thestateoftheology.com, um, and this will give some uh, statistics. But it reveals that Christians continue in a, traje- a trajectory of false understanding and baseless theology to the point of even pre- professing that Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. And already, if you are hearing that and saying, I don't see the problem with that, um, then you really need to do some digging and studying in the Word of God. Because Jesus was not created by God. He is uncreated. The same is true with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Trinitarian theology is not only is not the only area that Christians misunderstand or about which they're ignorant, but ignorance is inexcusable. That does not mean that we're excused from bad theology. Um, And additionally, I want to suggest that it's not the job of the local church to make sure believers possess a right and biblical foundation. It is the job of each individual Christian. And so we need to understand the Holy Spirit um, is not created but is rather co-equal and co-eternal with both the Father and the Son, and certainly he is not less than either. Uh, Tertullian, who was an African minister in the 2nd and 3rd centuries, he was the first person, the first Latin writer to use the term Trinity. But his Trinity is not a triune God, but is a triad or a group of three with God as a founding member. And so he, his theology was wrong. Even though he lived in the second and third centuries, a time when perhaps Trinitarian theology was still being developed by the church, his teaching here uh, really had a foot in heresy. And, you know, they were still sort of working out those issues. Um, but subconsciously, we kind of do the same thing. We kind of think, well, there's there's God, <laughs> and then there's Jesus, and then there's the Holy Spirit. Uh, the truth is, Father, Son, and Spirit are all three God, equally God. And there is no hierarchy. And so to contain a proper theology of the Holy Spirit, we cannot consider him to be inferior to the Father or the Son, but he, he is equal to both. He is worthy uh, to be worshipped in the threefold Godhead. And so the subliminal, the subliminal thought of, of the Holy Spirit being substandard uh, to the Father and the Son really implies that we do not even consider him to be God. Yet he absolutely is God, just as the Father and the Son are God. Because he is one with the Father and the Son, albeit functioning in a disparate role. And so continuing to consider the Holy Spirit to be less than the Father and Son is to continue to to neglect his leadership and even his authority among the people of God. And so uh, my my first two thoughts there is that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a he. And also that the Holy Spirit is co-equal and co-eternal to and with the Father and the Son, not less than. The third thought I have and the final one is that We do not invite the Holy Spirit into our worship gatherings. He invites us. It's a common malpractice in many local churches. Countless times I've observed believers invite the Holy Spirit into the worship gatherings. But the truth is that God invites us. We do not invite him. 
This is a, a side note here. This is one reason I, uh, when observing communion, prefer to get up from my spot and go to receive communion, not for it to be passed to me. Um, and there's nothing inherently wrong or right about either. Um, but that is what I prefer because it is symbolic that Christ invites us to the table. But God invites us. We do not invite him. The Holy Spirit indwells the people of God. He is living within us, literally not uh, no figure of speech. The Holy Spirit indwells us. And so he is already present when the church gathers to worship him. And that's why we should not sing songs and pray prayers which invite the Holy Spirit. It's, it's not necessarily wrong or heretical, uh, and it might be well intended, but it is not right. It's not necessarily wrong, but it's not right either. One could have good intentions by inviting the Holy Spirit, but the people of God are really the ones who are welcome and invited. And so by thinking in terms of inviting God the Spirit, we wrongly and feebly put ourselves into a place of authority over him. So neglect of the Holy Spirit, I think, has contributed to this inverted theology that we invite the Holy Spirit when really he invites us. And so to, to correct these Trinitarian errors, we need to realize that um, not only that the Holy Spirit is God, but also that he has equal authority over his people, as does both the Father and the Son, because the Holy Spirit is one with the Father and the Son. He is equally God and equally worthy of worship, So uh, the reality is that the Holy Spirit needs to move in the local church from the forgotten God to the equal God. Uh, Trinitarian theology in the church needs to shift to the point of worshiping God the Spirit equally with Father and Son. Worship is triune in nature, so we need to not place an emphasis or an overemphasis on the Holy Spirit, but we must also not neglect Him. There needs to be a balance Equal emphasis must be given to all persons of the Godhead. And in this way, then, the Holy Spirit must change in the church from the forgotten God to the equal God, and indeed, the equally worshipped God. For we worship triune God in the form of Father, Son, and Spirit. We worship in the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ the Son to the glory of God the Father so that worship is both triune in nature and Christocentric in nature because we worship through the mediator Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit who is here with us, who indwells us, who uh, moves and works in our lives and speaks to us as a person, not a force or an it or a ghost. We have a relationship with God, including the Holy Spirit. So hopefully this has been helpful. I thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for listening to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones.